Hey everybody, thanks for listening, and as always, thanks to our sponsor, KnowledgeBand, the leader in human performance improvement training and technologies. If you want the most advanced safety technology adapted from the human performance principles of the nuclear and aviation industries, then KnowledgeBand is error reduction that works. They were the first company to tie human performance to serious injury and fatality or SIF precursors. Learn more at knowledgevine.com. In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Today, my guest on the show is from a company called Surge Energy, and his name is Mike. Is that Trahan? It's Trahan. It just kind of depends on how far outside the Cajun belt you are. But living in Houston, I've definitely had to kind of shift over to the other pronunciation, which is Trahan, just because, you know, some people just don't pick up on it. But back home, it's definitely Trahan. Okay, so Trahan. So uh, that's Cajun. It is Cajun. That's right. So what part of South Louisiana is that? So right outside of Lafayette, just right along the Chafalaya Basin, a nice. small town, Cecilia, Louisiana. Nice. So That's the hard Cajun country. That's the real deal. Boudreaux and Thibodeau. That's right. And those guys, you know. That's so them. He's deceased now, but he was actually a Cajun chef. His name was Justice Wilson. Okay. And he was kind of a comedian type guy and that sort of thing. And so he said that there was this time in history when apparently England had maybe conquered France or whatever for a period of time. And so you were supposed to, if you were a Frenchman, you were supposed to swear allegiance to the King of England. And Justice said there was a whole bunch of people from France there. They wouldn't swear allegiance to the King of England. All they'd do swear at him. Right. Real good, too. Sounds like French Cajun, for sure. So they left France and they came to... Now, the bad pilots, they had a few bad pilots, and so they wound up in Port Arthur and Beaumont and Orange, Texas. But the real good pilots, they all wound up right down there south of Lafayette. Absolutely. So that's where the Cajuns are. So how long you lived in Houston? So uh, since 2019, so moved over for work, just a lot of good opportunities here and being in a bigger pond at that point and being able to explore and expand. So yeah, so right before the pandemic, actually, we moved that summer right before. Okay. So you go to school at LSU or? No, no. South um, Louisiana? Yeah. I started off as a paramedic. So worked as a paramedic for a large majority of my early 20s and into my late 20s. But yeah, I went to school a little bit later, actually after Hurricane Katrina. So I worked Katrina. And after that, I became very interested in emergency management. So I went back to school for emergency and disaster management. Okay. Well, people who are listening to this will already know because they'll have seen in the show notes who you are, but I forgot to introduce who you are. Uh, I said you're with Surge Energy, but what's your role here at Surge, Mike? So I'm an HSC advisor and mostly targeting, so HSCR training, emergency response, and then our safety systems, which would be our data management system, which we're currently using as KPA, and our LMS, which is UKG. So that's my primary focus around those. So KPA, I'm familiar with your learning management systems with UKG. It's a HRIS, actually, that we use that has an LMS built in. Okay. Specifically for safety? 
Well, it's a general learning management system, and we're able to input any type of CBTs and actually some CBTs that we build in-house. No, wait a minute. I always have to, all you guys, you're always throwing out these acronyms and everything. So CBT. Computer-based training. Okay. All right. So computer-based training for safety. Mostly. Yeah, correct. Okay. And these are things that you develop? Right. So we use some third-party vendors to help us with some of the general stuff, compliance training. But yeah, we do build our own CBTs in-house for anything that's surge specific Okay. And so who is Surge? Surge is a production company. We're headquartered out of Houston, Texas with fields in the Permian Basin. We're also, which is something that I'm extremely proud of, we've been recognized several years in a row as a top 20 place to work in Houston by the Houston Business Journal and Houston Chronicle. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. And it fits. It truly does. It's a special culture and a special place to work. So how long have you been with them? Since 2020. So made the move to Almost Houston. Almost the time you came to yeah, Houston. Then, huh? So it was, I'm telling you, uh, one of the biggest blessings of my life to have been approached and then ultimately being able to join the team. But yeah, it was definitely a special opportunity. And I noticed it right away from the first time that I got to meet the team. And I'm very fortunate to have been able to join them. And I've uh, been here ever since. I'm telling you, it's the, I tell people all the time, it's the best job in the world. It really is. Well, that's great. Well, then we're going to talk about that. So you got wife, kids? I do. I'm married and I have one little girl, a little five-year-old. Oh, um, boy. Yeah, it's wild. It's something that you never really know what to expect. But yeah, she's here and she just comes up with the craziest things and she's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, enjoy it while you can. It'll be over before you know it. And then you'll have grandkids and you'll figure out why you had kids. So anyway. <laughs> I can see that. It definitely it moves super fast at this point, for sure. It really does. Okay. So, and you have very nice offices here in Houston. For those who are in the Houston area, not very far off the Beltway on Clay Road here. And when I walked into your conference area, one of the first things I saw was I saw some of those recognitions about being the best place to work and that sort of thing. And then uh, I saw a bunch of innovation awards type right. stuff and that sort of thing. But there was an entire plaque dedicated to safety. I think it was called the Meerkat Sentinel Safety Award. Correct. Okay. So enlighten us of what's a meerkat? So first of all, let's kind of explain the meerkat. So the meerkat family works together and are able to thrive in the world's most dangerous conditions, right? And these are little gopher-type animals? That's exactly or? what they are. Yeah, the ones that kind of pop their head up and look around oh, constantly. Yeah? Yeah. yeah, And that's exactly what our program is modeled after, is that they are constantly on watch for their family members and their team members there. So it's something that fits well for our safety culture, is that we should always be on point and always be looking around for all of our coworkers and team members, be it Surge or our contract team members. Wow. So that's worked out well for you. You have this commitment to safety. How's your record? (laughs) So the record's very well. We'd like to take care of our people for sure. But for those when there is any opportunity, if we do have incident, we have a very aggressive investigation program. I mean, we like to determine root causes and ultimately make sure that we learn from what it is that happened and prevent them from happening again. So I actually noticed you gave me one of these Meerkat cards. So on the back of it, and it talks about on the front kind of what you just said, but on the back, it's interesting, right up here in big, bold capital letters, it says Stop Work Authority. 
Yeah, so that's one of our elements that we want to make sure that everybody that comes here, either visiting our Houston office or any of our locations out in the field, that they understand that if they see something that they just don't feel right about, that they can stop the job with any repercussions. And if you look down on the bottom, it's signed there by our CEO and fully backed by him. And we actually redid that program last year and made sure that he was able to review it again. And he, again, reinstated that ultimately anybody and everybody has stop work authority at any given time. Wow. So you talked about some of your training and that sort of thing. What specifically in HSE training do you do or are you most proud of or focus so, on? So, yeah, being a former paramedic and ultimately having my background in emergency response, that's a big part of some of my favorite types of training to do because it's just that whenever people ultimately are prepared and ultimately ready for any type of emergency, they're going to respond better at that point. So that's something that I focus on very heavily here. We do a lot of CPR, AED training. We also do AVERT, so it's active violence emergency response training, which is centered around any type of active shooter or active violence incident. Now, hang on. I'm really fascinated by that. So give me some specifics or give me some details on that. So AVERT, it was actually a program, it was a small organization prior to the Health and Safety Institute buying it out. And now with the Health and Safety Institute backing them, they're able to really spread that program out. So what this program focuses on, it's about a three-hour program, and we have three instructors here that are qualified to teach the program, and we're, we're teaching it to all of our locations now. But what it does is, is it gives you the opportunity to actually view some information surrounding active violence type situations, but from there to actually act out some practical type scenarios, even being able to hold what would be model type weapons to feel, to feel what that would feel like if somebody were to walk inside a door and ultimately have that in mind. It's being able to exercise your both mentality and also physically, you're able to kind of put your hands on things and feel those things for the first time. And then kind of what we want to do there is make an imprint to where if that were ever happen again, you'd have that reaction ready to go and you'd be able to quickly react in an emergency situation. Wow, that's pretty interesting. So you said you started out as a, a paramedic. I guess that was with the fire department or something like that? So actually, in Louisiana, there's an ambulance service there called Acadian Ambulance Service. And now it is actually it's grown significantly and is in Texas and multiple other states. So Acadian is a private ambulance service there. So it's a little bit different in that area. Most of South Louisiana, Acadian covers. And they just have contracts with the local parishes there or local communities And we respond the same as any other 911 service. It's just that it's a private organization. Okay. All right. And so you transitioned from there into safety. I did. I think you have a CSP now, right? I do. Yeah, absolutely. So what happened there, so the great thing about Acadian is, is Acadian has multiple different teams and then organizations and companies all within. And one of those is called Safety Management Systems. And so I was able to go through some training there. I went through a three-month training program after being a paramedic for several years that focused in specifically on safety. So actually, when I completed that three-month program, I was able to walk away with the STS, so the safety trained supervisor from the Board of Certified Safety Professionals. And from there, in one of my first classes there, one of the instructors I had known for quite some time, he was a former paramedic also that had moved into safety and he was instructing, but he wrote some letters on the board and they were CSP. It was just the way that he talked about what that meant. And he talked about some of the people that he knew that were able to accomplish that. 
And as I sat there that morning, I said, look, if I'm going to make this transition and I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to do it all the way. And I circled it. I wrote the letters down and I circled it. And I went back and I did some research. And thankfully, I made my transition into safety around 2012. And in 2018, I was able to obtain the CSP. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations. So you talked about emergency preparedness, CPR and AED and this avert. What about H2S? We do some H2S training. So what we do is, is anybody that would be going out to our field for any reason, they would get the computer-based training, so awareness training. But if they were to actually go out to any location that potentially has the chance of having any type of H2S, we do an annual hands-on training. So they come in, they run through the course, and then from there, they're trained both on awareness and understanding of the potential dangers and hazards, but also trained on the alarms and the types of alarms that we use, both that could be stationary and the ones that would be portable on their person. And do you actually do any drills? Yeah, so that's a big part of what we do. So actually, our drill, we usually do a drill in the fourth quarter of every year, some sort of emergency response training. But yeah, that has been. So that was actually part of one of our drills last year. We had to simulate H2S release. Okay. All right. So how many employees does Surge have out in the field? So total, we have about 150 full-time employees that work for Surge total. And then from there, about 50 full-time contractors that help us out specifically on the operation side. I was going to say, now that's 50 contracting companies or that's 50 contracting folks? So 50 contracting folks. folks yeah. Okay. So that's people that are specifically assigned to us. So operators and things of that sort that help us specifically on the operation side. So... How many rigs you got running right now? We try to focus and we probably sit around three. We want to be effective and efficient, you know, on our exploration. But that's what we sit around the three mark. And then you have production facilities and that sort of thing out in the... Yeah. You said you're in the Permian, right? We are. So we're just north of Big Spring. So in between Big Spring and Lubbock. So some beautiful, wide open country out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, wide is. open country. It's beautiful, right? wide open country. <laughs> but yeah, right along Highway 87 up that way. So we have a lot of operation or most of our operation runs that span. Okay. So keeping up with these contractors is just as important as keeping up with your employees as far as making sure they live up to the safety standards, right? Absolutely. So that's a big thing for us. We want to make sure that they feel just as much as part of the family and the team as any other team member that we have, and they are that. So we make sure that we provide them with all the tools for success that are necessary for them to be successful. You talked about bringing them in for training. So do you actually take people out of the field and bring them in here to the Houston office, or do you do all this stuff like we were talking about earlier online or computer-based stuff? So we do a mix. Some of the things like our permitted activities, we'd want to do some hands-on training. Your what now? Permitted activities. So anything that may require permits, like okay. hot work permit, lockout, tagout type things like that. So we'd want to do some hands-on training, right? For some compliance training, we will do some things like reviewing PPE and things like that. We'll do via CBT. But besides that, we have a full-time trainer out in the field. And she does a phenomenal job with working with the guys and making sure that they have everything they need throughout the year. So, but even things like we do driver training, that's the most dangerous thing you do every single day. Absolutely. So our guys are out there and the Permian Basin is known for being a a very dangerous place. Yes, it is. It definitely is. So we want to make sure that we review those things with our guys and they actually get in a vehicle with our certified trainer and they drive, um, you know, for two or three hours to make sure that they're abiding by those kind of standards that we want them to run by. Really? So you have your own certified, that's a contracted 
third party or something? You said certified trainer? Yeah. So what she does is, is she went and she got certified through Smith Systems, which is a phenomenal organization for driving. So Smith Systems training out of Dallas, Texas. So she's one of their qualified trainers, which she works for us. But she works for Surge. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But that's one of the things she does. Yep. Okay. So one of the things that I hear from a lot of safety professionals, one of my favorite is uh, Dan Lepsack over at uh, Baker Hughes, but he's big and he speaks at a lot of conferences and stuff. He's big on the fact, and I may be paraphrasing him, but I think I'm almost quoting him directly. He says, when it comes to safety, you have never arrived. You have to be in a constant state of continuous improvement. You want to talk about that? So definitely. So I've always thought of it very similarly, but just in a little bit different way. And the thing that I'll say to people whenever we're talking about it, the final chapter on safety has not yet been written. So I think that it's an ongoing and open book. And we've been doing safety for a long time, but I think that with new innovation and new thought process, we're going to continue to revolutionize what the profession is and what it does. You know, so before you kind of get that label as kind of being the safety man, but that transition from being the safety man to becoming a safety professional is within those details, things like leading and lagging indicators and understanding analysis, gathering data and utilizing that to now trend and even predict where some of our issues are going to come from. But I'm a very strong believer in innovation and ultimately I think that as a profession, for us to continue to be successful and continue to grow and continue to be valuable to operations and be valuable to organizations, we have to continue to evolve. And that's how I feel. I just feel like that book should continue to be written and there should never be a final chapter. That's a great analysis. And actually, the sponsor of my show will be glad to hear you say that because you're singing their language. And they've actually written a book. If you're interested, I'll get you a copy of it. There have been people who say it's one of the best books on human performance that they've ever read, and that's definitely kind of a, for a lot of folks, a new evolution or new innovation in safety and that sort of thing. But people always know one of my favorite expressions is, he who tooteth not his own horn may never hear his own horn tooted. And I'm always happy to toot my own horn. We are ranked as one of the top 10 oil and gas podcasts. And the reason for that is not because of the host, it's because of the quality of guests that we bring on. So I'm really happy to bring you on. I'm really happy to promote Surge Energy's commitment in the industry to safety. I notice you and I were talking about some various different personal things and whatnot. If people don't do what you tell them to do in safety, you can beat them up. I see you're a jujitsu guy. Yeah, so definitely, I don't know about beating them up, but, uh, you know, definitely. So the great thing about jujitsu, you know, so I've been doing it just a little under a year now. Actually, last year I had an unfortunate incident and tore a bicep. Oh, um, no. At, yeah, at 41 years old. So when I went to the orthopedic doctor, he said, hey, what is it you want to do afterwards? Because that'll make the decision on what we do. And I said, have you ever seen jujitsu? And he said, are you serious? I said, yes, sir. I said, look, it's just something that's a dream of mine that I wanted to go out and I wanted to achieve a certain level of belt there. And so last year in June, I had surgery and I was able to get through the rehab. And in November, actually Thanksgiving week last year, I was able to start class. I have a phenomenal instructor. It's Haven Jiu-Jitsu out in Cypress, Texas. And ultimately, he's a person that thinks beyond. That's what I love about jujitsu is that it's beyond just physical. It's a mental game. So as big and strong as anybody may feel, if you get there in the mat with a person that is super skilled, there's nothing you're going to be able to do. And that's whenever you start to understand that 
The physical part, it's important, but the mental part is even bigger. So it sharpens you in a way that is both physical and mental, which is phenomenal. And I tell you, it's the hardest thing I've ever gone through because it's just something that you feel like, you know, as being athletic and feeling good, that you should be able to go in there and dominate. And you just, you cannot, and you have to pay attention to the mental game of it. And it's just very complex and super fun. That transitions right into safety. It definitely does, right? So it, it is that. That's why I like to promote it to anybody that'll listen to it because ultimately we're out there and we have a lot of big physical guys that are out in the oil and gas fields, but ultimately they need to make sure that they're thinking about everything that they're doing and that's where safety comes in. Yeah, because a lot of times they have this macho, it can't happen to me and yeah, I'm bulletproof. And, it is that. And all that sort of stuff and we're not. I think we've probably all been there at some point or another. So I'm telling you, I have to, um, we always do a safety moment in our Monday morning meeting. And unfortunately, I've had to come in, even with the torn bicep, I mean, talk about my incident, but we lead by example. And ultimately, as long as we recognize that we're all human and we all make those small mistakes, we can think about how to learn from those and then ultimately preach and promote how to prevent those from happening. Well, anything else you want to tell us before we sign off? No, that's great. Thank you for having me. And ultimately, thank you for coming to visit Surge Energy. You know, it's a great company, very committed to safety. It's one of our core values and who we are. And I'm just extremely proud to work for them and just really enjoy it. Well, it sounds like it. And I'm extremely proud to promote it on this HSE podcast. So thank you, Mike, for taking the time to sit down in this actually very lovely conference room here on the second floor of this building in Houston. We're going to sign off right now, as always. Everybody out there, we really appreciate you listening. When you leave reviews on iTunes or Spotify or even the review link in the show notes there, we really appreciate it. Tell your friends to listen, post on your social media and that sort of thing. Reach out to our sponsor, Knowledge Vine. Their information is located in the show notes. And tune in again next week for another episode of the Oil and Gas Global Network HSE podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. We'll see you next time. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil and Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.